Tuesday the 26th, just baseball show. Jack, Peter, baseball on the heels of the Taylor Davis conversation. That was so much fun, dude. That was crazy. But we've got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, we've spent a billion years already talking about Juan Soto trade scenarios. So yeah. naturally, we'll spend the first five to ten minutes of this episode doing exactly that. And then we'll get to some of the rumors surrounding a lot of the other guys in the trade market. Because, you know what, those can be fascinating too. And you may not get Juan Soto, but you can really improve your team with a lot of the guys that are out there right now. Um, two teams that are struggling, struggling, struggling mightily. Um have some very interesting statistical anomalies attached to them. And uh, I found them. I will bring us to light. And then we'll also run through um, the awards standings right now, where guys stand in the AL and NL MVP, Cy Young, and Rookie of the Year race. That's that. Peter, how we doing? Juan Soto might go to the Dodgers, so I don't really know how I'm feeling because we might just have to hang up the cleats, uh, stop the show. Because, I mean, what are we going to talk about if Juan Soto goes to the Dodgers? And we can talk about any other team if they're able to acquire him. Report just came out that Juan Soto is, you know, we talked about the Padres and the Cardinals just yesterday kind of being the suitors. And we get new information every single day. And now we're updating you with that information. And that information is that the Dodgers are one of the key favorites now. Scary for the rest of baseball, but at the end of the day, I don't think he's going to get traded, but this conversation is always very fun. And to your point about the Red Sox and the Angels, I think when we're talking about all of these different trades, it's going to be interesting whether we think they are going to buy or sell because they are not very good. 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, Soto to the Dodgers would make all the sense in the world for a pessimistic baseball fan like myself, where you just throw in the towel and say this season is a wash. And then all of a sudden the Dodgers are bounced from the NLCS and you buy all the way back in here and you cheer against them. Like that's what the Dodgers are doing right now. And off the dome, um, it would have to look something like Dustin May, Bobby Miller, Andy Pajes, Miguel Vargas. Uh, who else? Pepio. I mean, so Gavin Lux's name has been floated, who's having a really great year for the Dodgers. I mean, we've all kind of been waiting for Gavin Lux to show that true form of a top prospect in baseball. And he's finally doing it. But I think the Dodgers don't want to put him in a deal. I'd be interested to see if Cody Bellinger's name could be floated because that's what the Nationals seem to want. They want at least some big league talent with some control as well as prospects because I don't think they want to get burned by a five prospect deal when two of them turn out to be good. And those two don't turn into Juan Soto because we rarely ever see a Juan Soto. So that's why the Cardinals make a lot of sense. The Padres make a lot of sense with Goran Abrams, Cardinals with Bader or Carlson, or, I mean, we talked about it before, but yeah. I feel like a big league piece from the Dodgers, kind of like a Dustin May makes a lot of sense too, but I think they'd want a bat. So I don't know which one it would be. What did it look like with the Cardinals? Was it was it Carlson, Liberator, Walker, and Wynn? Like those four probably get it done. 
that's exactly the trade I offered. And then for the Padres, it was Hassel, Gore, Abrams, Wood, and Ruiz. That's a fuck ton. Oh, my God. I know. Doesn't that just make your blood boil? That is an enormous package. Yeah, but Preller would do it. Um, He would. He'd probably give him more. Like the Dodgers, if you were to do, I don't think Bellinger has much value at all right now because I think he's got next year of arbitration, then that's it. I if if I'm not mistaken, he's got a year and a half of control. I don't think Bellinger has much value with what he's done since 2020. Um, but if you were to go with May, Miller, Pajes, Vargas, and like a Yorbit Vivas, like I I don't think the Nats say no to that. I think Gavin Lux would have to be in the deal. I do. Yeah. All right, Nats versus the field. What team is Soto on? I think the Nats. I do. and But that doesn't mean that I don't think that Juan Soto will last the rest of this three years of control. And by three years, I mean this year and two years. But I just don't know if at this deadline, because it is coming up at the end of the day, what's today, July 26th? It's in a couple of days. I don't know if a deal is going to be done of this magnitude in the next couple of days. Could he get traded in the winter when the Nationals have all the time in the world to kind of sit back, go over their options? Absolutely. But at this trade deadline, as we sit here today, I still don't see it. Do you see it? I do, because I think that the Nats want to catch GMs not in their best frame of mind. Mm. I think that in December, they'll say, wait, that's a lot. I don't know if I want to do that for you know two years of this guy that may or may not financially strap me but yes resign um i think they want to catch aj preller foaming at the mouth like the feral gm we know he is and say fuck it i want it and and he does it i think that's what they're hunting right now um and i think that's what they're gonna get i think they're gonna get an offer that is rabid i think they're gonna get an offer that's foaming at the mouth and they have to say fuck yeah take it go ahead i don't care i i think that's what's gonna happen so you take the nats I take the field for that reason. It's going to be very interesting, but let's move off of Juan Soto because there's a lot of other deals in the works that probably will happen. Whether this player will be traded to this team exactly is, of course, we can't predict it completely. But the fact that Luis Castillo is getting a lot of buzz, you know, Wilson Contreras getting a lot yes. of buzz. Like, I'm going to throw that over to you because I know you have all the reports in your handy dandy whiteboard. Is it on a whiteboard today? Or is it uh, more on a laptop? Well, iPad, but on Microsoft iPad, OneNote. And if you guys have never worked with Microsoft OneNote, uh, I listen, I'll I'll double back after this. I'll get in touch with my guy, Bill Gates, and I'll say, listen, man, do you want to throw the Just Baseball Show some money for me plugging Microsoft OneNote? But Mark. OneNote is an organization nuts dream. And I am hyper-organized on my laptop and on my iPad. And OneNote is the best thing ever. So I've got different books. I've got one for, it's still project the plate. I just haven't changed it. But like, I've got a just baseball folder. I've got an Indianapolis Indians folder. I've got a miscellaneous folder. And with that, I can create subsections, podcasts, articles, quotes that we put on the quote cards and things like that. And then within those subsections, I can create new pages. It is the best thing ever. If you haven't tried OneNote, highly recommend using Microsoft OneNote. But you know what you just did there? Free advertising. No, you hyped up what you're about to do so much. This better be the most well-organized rundown 
of the potential trade targets that we've ever seen in baseball history. That's we, what you just did right there. Yeah, well, you can find those at JustBaseball.com, the top 20 trade targets written by yours truly and Aram Layton. Again, JustBaseball.com. That's our website where we write cool things. Go read it. Um, I've got six reports aside from Juan Soto that I want to run through here. We'll start with Luis Castillo um, because Eric Boland and Sweeney Murdy both said a couple days ago that the Astros seem to be in on Luis Castillo. I would love that for Houston. You would hate that for Houston as a Yankee fan because you want Luis Castillo really badly. But I think if Houston could run out a playoff four of Justin Verlander, Framber Valdez, Luis Castillo, and either Luis Garcia or Lance McCullers, or maybe a combination of the both of them, or Christian Javier, or just have Javier as the swingman in the role that he excelled in last year. With this offense, if the Astros got Luis Castillo, are they the favorite to get out of the American League? Yes, absolutely. Right now it is razor thin. And I'd like to, you know... I'm not just a Yankee fan that happens to talk about baseball. I cover no, man, baseball you're an and I'm a Yankee journalist. fan on the side. Yeah. Uh, side Luis hustle. Castillo to the Astros would be great for baseball because it would make the playoff race at the end of the year unbelievable. Would it make them better than the Yankees? Yes, because right now I think you pull a name out of the hat what team you think is better. You could even say the Astros are better, and I wouldn't I wouldn't say anything about it. I, I'm the telling Astros you now, incredible. I think the Astros are better. Yeah. I think yeah. that's fine. And Lance McCullers is coming back soon, too. Yeah. I'm not surprised by that, but I would – I'm not surprised that they're in on him. I would be surprised, though, if they are the team to eventually grab him because there are so many more desperate teams in this market now for starting pitching. Talking about the Blue Jays. I mean, even the Yankees are pretty desperate, too. I just don't know if the Astros are going to match an offer from one of these other desperate teams. Cardinals are another one. I mean, we talk about the fact that the Reds probably wouldn't make an in-division trade, but with the schedule changing, the Cardinals could still give them a great offer because their yeah. farm system is incredible. Yeah. There's too many teams out here, especially another team. The Braves have to be interested in Luis Castillo. You know, with Ian Anderson really, really struggling lately, really struggling. Lately. He's got an ERA over Five and a half. Yeah, Charlie Morton is getting older too. You know, Kyle Wright has been great, but again, another one of these guys who hasn't proved it over the entire season yet so far. And come playoff time, we'll see. I still like Kyle Wright. That doesn't take anything away. But yeah. I'm just thinking about the Braves. They might be in on him too. I don't see the Astros because I think they're the least desperate in this situation. So I can see the Astros doing it because I think they know that they can almost box everybody out of going to get Castillo by getting them by getting him themselves. Um, would he create this great improvement to the Astros? Yes. But the other facet that you have to look at is the teams that we're trying to get by really want him. And if we can get him and we feel like we're not giving away big parts of our future, or we feel like we have, you know, spots hammered down, then we're good to go move for him. I think you can go get Luis Castillo for Hunter Brown, who has come on and been great. Jose Siri, who feels like he's lacking in everyday spot. And Pedro Leon, who feels like he's lacking in everyday spot. Yeah. If I'm the GM of the Reds and I'm presented with Hunter Brown, their best pitching prospect, Jose Siri, who I know can flat out fly and will provide God, power crazy. and insane speed and yeah. great defensive range. And Pedro Leon, who's got one of the best arms in minor league baseball. 
it's hard for me to say no to that. You know what else would be hard? If we're talking about teams that aren't that desperate, but they could box out everybody else. We're talking about Juan Soto, the Dodgers. The Dodgers are in on Luis Castillo too. That's another team that could use a starter. So, you know, they don't necessarily have to get Juan Soto, but they get Luis Castillo too. I mean, if we're talking about prospects that would make the Reds GM ears perk up, the Dodgers have plenty of them. I just think the Luis Castillo trade market is as interesting and Frankie Montas in there too. Like this is the most interesting name on the market because it seems like every single contender wants him and are already after him. The Reds are going to make a killing. Reds fans, if you're listening to this, you might get way more than you thought for Luis Castillo because teams are going to be battling for his services. They're going to be outbidding each other. Uh, I saw Clay Snowden, our guy Clay, tweet. um, He was in a conversation (laughs) with Nick Kirby. Um, He said, all we can do is hope for a rain out on Wednesday. Like they don't want Luis Castillo taking the mound again in the chance that he gets shelled or he gets hurt. I don't even think it matters. I, I, if he, well, if, if, he, if he got hurt, if he got hurt, hurt of course, but if he got shelled, I don't think that matters. Um, because like, for example, Sean Murphy, we're going to talk about later. He's on a hot streak right now with the Oakland A's. Does that drastically change GM's opinions of Sean Murphy? I don't think one bump. start would matter. Just let's, you know what, if I'm, you know how Frankie Montas got pulled in three innings the other day when he was pitching for the A's, like, I think Castillo might go four shutout <laughs> 50 pitches. Yeah, he might, and, which would be my, awesome. Um, I saw that we hit the uh, five-year anniversary of Cole Hamels throwing that no-hitter at Wrigley uh, right before he got traded at the deadline. You remember that? That was just like, I am a trade target here. Let me go throw a fucking no-hitter at Wrigley Field. With I think the wind was blowing in, so he got the benefit of the doubt there. But, like, I mean, it was just – it was beautiful what he did. And he was like, you know what? Give up the farm for me. Um, my next one is not trade rumor related. It is injury related. But Mark mm. Topkin of the Tampa Bay Tampa Bay Times, not only is Kevin Kiermeyer done for the year to repair a torn hip labrum, but Mike Zanino is done for the year. He's having surgery to correct thoracic outlet in his shoulder. So they're without their, at the beginning of the year, everyday catcher, and their starting center fielder. What does Tampa do at the deadline, if anything, to replace Kiermaier or Zunino? It's been interesting. The top three teams that are interested in Wilson Contreras. Yeah. The Guardians, the Mets, and the Rays. But the Rays already dealt for Christian Bethencourt from the Oakland A's. I just don't see him as a legit option at starting catcher come playoff time. I really don't. I think he's a bat. I think he's more of a DH option. We've even seen the Rays be interested in a guy like Trey Mancini with Harold Ramirez going now on the IL, a guy who's hitting 330. They could use some more pop in that lineup. I mean, you just look at the lineup. I mean, you got Rayleigh hitting fifth. You got Taylor Walls hitting fifth in some game. It's terrible. But at the end of the day, the Rays just figure it out and they win more games than they don't. Even It doesn't even matter if you and I are in the middle of the infield. They, they'll figure out how to win games. They'll match us up right. They'll get our splits going. Yeah, but they, they still do need a player like that. And But on the other side of that, the Rays have not made a big-time rental trade in a very long time. You could point to the Nelson Cruz. But it wasn't big-time. But it wasn't big time. But at the end of the day, they did trade Joe Ryan. And that's probably leaving a sour taste in their mouth, thinking to themselves, we have all these amazing prospects. Like, is this truly worth it if we think that we can piece it together? But 
I just, so I think the Rays are in a very interesting spot here and I don't know exactly what they're going to do, but it is clear that they are in and talking with all of these different teams about yeah, yeah. big time bats, like a Christian Walker, even from Arizona too. That, that's another name that's been floated. Yeah. So going back to that point that you made, it was, it was the Mets, the Rays and the Guardians that are really in on Wilson Contreras. That was from Jesse Rogers, who covers the Cubs for ESPN. Ken Rosenthal also floated that Sean Murphy is getting legitimate, legitimate interest. Mm-hmm. And again, the short list for Sean Murphy, the Rays, the Guardians, and the Mets. I think that two teams make sense for one of those guys, and one team makes sense for the other guy. You know Absolutely. where I'm thinking? I know exactly what you're thinking. Do you want yeah. me to say it, or do you want to say it? Because I think we're on the same. The Mets are going to go get Wilson Contreras as a rental because they have Francisco Alvarez and Sean Murphy with years of control makes more sense for a team like the Rays or the Guardians. But I want to ask you your thoughts on this kid, Bo Naylor, because I know they do like Austin Hedges behind the plate. And we were talking with Ryan LaVarnway. Ryan couldn't get enough of the way Austin Hedges commands this rotation along with how great of a receiver he is behind the plate. And I trust Ryan. And like, you can tell that Hedges really has like one of the best heads on his shoulder of any catchers in baseball. And sometimes you just throw the offensive numbers out the window. And I don't mean to like summarize yesterday's pod when we were talking about Hedges, but this is important for when we're talking about young controllable catchers going to the guardians. So what do you think about Bo Naylor? Like, is he kind of the future here? So, yes, but, um, and I was just going over this with Javier Reyes on today's State of the Division, actually. We were talking about the Guardian situation. I think that there are very few catching prospects that should be blocking that front office from thinking about improving at the catching position. Because Javi brought up a great point. Sean Murphy, even though he was hitting in the very, very low 200s, um, could very well, the All-Star break next year, be the starting catcher for the American League. He could be a top five catcher in baseball because the catching position is so bad right now. It's so bad. There's no superstar talent at the catching position. Will Smith is a great hitter. Alejandro Kirk is a great hitter. You know, you've got Jose Trevino, who is a great, great defender and staff handler. He could hit a bit better, but he's hitting fine. Like, that's the thing. We're talking about Kirk, Will Smith, and Jose Trevino and Wilson Contreras as the four best catchers in baseball, that's the worst position in baseball right now from from an impact standpoint. So Murphy could absolutely be there. If you're acquiring who you hope will be a top 10 catcher by the All-Star break next year or a top five catcher by the All-Star break next year, Bo Naylor's not one of the guys that should block you from making this move. I think that you can find a spot for Bo Naylor, whether it be DH, whether it be first base, whether it be getting Murphy off of his knees three days a week and having Naylor catch and having Murphy DH or play first. I I think that there are ways to use them. Nothing should stop you from going to get Sean Murphy. And I understand that Austin Hedges is great at handling the staff. If Murphy's hitting 210 right now, Hedges is hitting like a buck 60. Like it's, yeah. it's a 50 and, point difference. And if we're talking about defense, I mean, the drop Murphy from want a Hedges- gold glove. The drop from Hedges to Murphy is non-existent. Minor. I mean, it, it, it maybe. I mean, Hedges is incredible, but I agree with you. I we're on the same page here that uh, Sean Murphy is one of the premier defensive catchers in baseball. That's why he's so valuable, and I expect yes. all the batting average numbers, like all that, to tick up. Oh yeah, he gets it's out of that. Go up. He's got way more power. Watch him. 
Yeah, and and the only difference right now between Hedges and Murphy in terms of situationally is if you were to plug Sean Murphy into the Guardians right now, he obviously doesn't have that chemistry with the staff that Hedges does because Hedges has been there. But yeah. Murphy is as good of a defensive catcher as Austin Hedges, if not better. So it's just an acclimation process. I prefer catching changes to be made in the offseason. I prefer having spring training to get accustomed to a new team. I, think totally I don't, right. yeah, like I don't necessarily feel good about plugging in a catcher unless he's providing you insane offensive prowess. And that's what Wilson Contreras does. That's why he's going to be a great rental option. That's not what Sean Murphy's doing. You're signing up for three years of one of the best defensive catchers in baseball that has the possibility of 25 to 30 bombs. And I don't think anything should stop you, especially Cleveland, who literally won't feel it if they go and deal for Sean Murphy. They won't feel it they can do this very effectively and win this deal. And talking about Wilson Contreras for a second, that's why I think he's such a hot commodity on this market too, is because it's not just at the catching position. They love him as a DH, just yeah. as a straight bat. Yeah. Let him rest his legs too. I mean, you look at the splits when looking at how he hits as a designated hitter versus hitting as a catcher. It's probably chilling. I mean, it's not crazy, but it, he's definitely a better hitter as a DH. I think that's why the Mets would like him, too. It's not like they hate James McCann. It's not like they hate Thomas Nito. I mean, these guys haven't been impact bats defensively, but they sure can pick it behind home plate. Yeah. But offensively, the Mets catching position has been one of, if not the worst in all of baseball. It's their one flaw. Real, I mean, you could say J.D. Davis is a flaw, but I mean, that it is what it is. Yeah that position right there offensively is where they need that boost. And they could also really use a DH because I know Dom Smith has been hitting better of late, but I think if you pull Mets fans across the country, do you really want Dom Smith taking playoff ABs? I think more than likely most of them would say no. Yeah. That takes me to my penultimate report. Penult second to last takes me to my second to last report that I have in my handy dandy one note page. Uh, Andy Martino of SNY said that not only are the Mets in on Wilson Contreras, they are still in on Josh Bell, although they're struggling to gather steam for that. They're also keeping tabs on Trey Mancini and CJ Crump. I think that makes a lot of sense. Like, I, they're going to go get another DH. They want Daniel Vogelbach to be a bench bat. Yeah. They want him and to be a pinch hitter against right-handed pitching. Can we talk about how weird that trade was, though? Vogelbussy? I- why did they do that? Um, that seemed like a weird trade. They need a guy who can hit lefties, not just another lefty bat that can get you a home run. So occasionally the they just gave up a good reliever. He yeah. was one of the best relievers in their pen lately, right behind Diaz. Why'd you do that when you need relievers in this pen? Seth Lugo ain't getting playoff outs. I think Noelle Rodriguez ain't getting playoff outs. What are we hey, doing, Mets? Come on, man. Seth Lugo and his 3,300 RPM breaking ball. He can get outs. Yeah, it's, sexy on get the spin outs. Rate. it's sexy on the spin rate, but not on the results. I understand. Um, yeah, like I think they did it because they wanted to make a New York type move. Steve Cohen wanted to make a Steve Cohen type move. And, and Vogelback. You know what? That is, was just a dumb move. I'll say it right now. I mean, Vogelback mm-hmm. could just hit a home run in the playoffs and he could. You know, Vogelbach, I thought that was a dumb move. He is a valuable bat because he is a power bat that gets on base a lot. He's got a great eye. He's having the best offensive season of his career, aside from that 30 homer year in Seattle. 
There's plenty of that, though. But I mean, I got a really good lefty bat off the bench. You know, pinch hitter against a hard throwing right handed reliever. Give me Vogel Bussy. How much more expensive would Christian Walker would have been? If that, like that, that's a lot more. A lot more. I mean, he's a real athlete. You could have done it, though. You could have done it. That's a guy who hits lefties. That's a power bat who's way better than Vogelback. Trey Mancini, another name. I mean, you just floated him. I mean, there's so many other guys that that would have made more sense for. Yeah. That trade really made no sense. Vogelbach was a sitting duck, though. That's the thing. Like, everybody knew Vogelbach was on the move. Krohn okay, doesn't then necessarily why'd you give up a reliever? Why'd you give up that reliever? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, all right, last one. Rick Hahn said in his media availability yesterday, that the White Sox biggest need is bullpen help. That tells you that they are going to go after bullpen arms, but that also tells you that the White Sox are going to buy. They're not going to sell anything. That's what I was saying at the beginning. I just, you were, everything you were saying was correct, but at the end of the day, can the White Sox actually sell? They can't. No, no. And, and I think, I I was, again, I was just saying this on state of the division, like they understand how valuable postseason appearances are. Um, Like, I mean, the White Sox, what it was, was it since 2005 that they hadn't hosted a home playoff game before last year against Houston. It was a very long time without hosting a home playoff game. And they went to the blackout and it was awesome. You know what that does for a fan base having the ALDS at home or having a wild card game at home? They're going to hunt that. Jerry Reinsdorf absolutely fucking loves the White Sox. He loves them. I don't think he would let them sell. And I think that this front office understands that if they can get to the postseason, that's still kind of a halfway win this year. Like, I don't think you're calling this year a failure if you get to the ALDS and get bounced because you were a playoff team. You can run it back. Like, yes, they have a terrible farm system, but they have so much control over their guys. So much. You've got Eloy locked up long-term, who, by the way, is made of glass. You have Luis Robert locked up long-term, who looks like he might be made of glass. You've got <laughs> Dylan Cease locked up long-term. You've got Michael Kopech with a bunch of years of team control. You've got Andrew Vaughn with a bunch of years of team control. Everybody's young except Jose Abreu, but Abreu is going to be around, and it feels like he's the type of guy to take a pay cut when he renegotiates. So honestly, I'm not, I'm not too worried about like continuity. Like The window is not closing on the White Sox. I just think that they're struggling to see what an open window really looks like. Does it look like rings or does it look like the ALCS? And I think they're just going to keep on shooting for that postseason. I'm laughing because I feel like I already know what's going to happen with the White Sox. Daniel Bard? Well, probably, but that's actually a good name. Um, Kendall Graveman seems like he pitches every single day. They need bullpen so bad, but you know what they're going to do. They're going to trade for David Bednar, who's been used no, up not. so much no, this not. year, and they're going to overpay for him. No, they're not. And it's not going to end well. They're not going to. You know that's what's going to happen. That's no, the White no. Sox way. They're not doing it. Why not? So quit asking. Um, they're not doing it. don't want it to happen, but that, that would be the most White Sox move on the face of the planet, is go get David Bednar, who pitches more than their starting pitchers do, 
and then drive him again into the ground. And he's throwing 91 in the playoffs if they make it, which yeah. is still, yeah. I and think they that that feels like the most White Sox thing in the world. The only reason that I say they don't do something like that, and I'd be all for dumb moves like that. The only reason I say that they don't do that is because they got burned so bad on the Craig Kimbrell thing. They got mutilated on the Kimbrell trade. They did. Yeah, of course they did. But I mean, it's not like Nick Madrigal is is probably not going to be much. And, and Hoyer's got TJ, but like that's Nick Madrigal and Cody Hoyer for half a year of a bad Craig Kimbrell. Like relievers, again, we talk about it all the time. Relievers, you have no idea how long they're going to be good for. Josh Hader's the outlier here. Like Devin Williams might suck next year. We've got no idea. Class no A idea. might blow next year. We've got no idea. I mean, that that's how volatile relief pitching is. And Bednar, he went two and a third in St. Louis. He comes out. He's not good after that. And then all of a sudden, he's finding his form again in three out spurts. How do you use Bednar? That's, like, it's it's tough to go get the blue chip reliever when you're just not sure if they're going to be a blue chip reliever in a week. Talk about reliever risk for a second. What if I told you, Jack, that Joe Mantiply is going to be way more regarded as a top reliever at this market than Mark Melanson would? Yes, I'm in. Joe Mantiply, the all-star, and like he seems like a great option for a lot of teams. If you asked me to stack Melanson, Ian Kennedy, and Joe Mantiply at the beginning of the year, I'd have Melanson, Ian Kennedy, and who? Now it's, give me Joe freaking Mantiply, man. All-star for the Diamondbacks, Joe Mantiply, who just got out your favorite hitter in the All-Star game. How do you feel? You just got Joe Mantiply. And another team is going to go get Joe Mantiply, and that could make sense for the White Sox too, especially with Bummer. What's been going on with him? Isn't he supposed to be this amazing reliever? What's going on? Yeah, he's supposed to be like a ground ball savant. But like Bummer, I mean, Bummer was hurt for a while here. Um, overall numbers this year, 20 appearances. He's still on the IL. 20 appearances. He got an ERA in the low threes. That's six earned runs in 17 and two-thirds. He was walking a lot of guys, but again, he's just been hurt. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Bummer. So I, you can't rely on anything going on there. Um, I I do think that Mantiply would be great. I would love Mantiply, and damn, do I want Daniel Bard so bad. Daniel Bard would make a lot of sense. I have a couple more to throw at you um, that I've heard recently, and this is a new development because Adam Duvall is now out for the season for the Atlanta Braves, that they are now interested in an outfielder. Um, I've heard a couple of names floated, kind of similar to when they added Eddie Rosario. It kind of makes sense, like a David Peralta, if we're on the same page as the Diamondbacks. That name could make sense. I could yeah. see Ian Happ. He's been the name that's floated a ton. Would the Braves want to get an impact bat like that? Curious if they'd want to give up some good minor league talent for him. That's yeah. why it seems like David Peralta just kind of filled the void that Adam Duvall, who also was not having a good season, but he did last year. That makes a lot of sense to me. Like a, a not very expensive, but solid veteran outfield bat. Is there any other names that come to mind? That would make sense for the Braves. Michael A. Taylor. Yep. Um, Robbie Grossman, although he's been bad. He's been bad, bad. But he's also better than this. 
and he, he he's got good play discipline. He he's he's a good player overall. I mean, I'm not going to put a lot of stock into a season that he's been hurt a lot. That the yeah. Tigers as a whole haven't gotten going at all. I think it's a organizational thing at this point. I mean, how how is Jaime Candelario so bad? How are all these guys so so misguided? It looks like at the plate. Yeah. So I think just get these guys out of Detroit. There's a problem now with the Tigers, at least in my eyes. That's what it looks like when you turn on the Tigers game. They just can't hit with runners in scoring position. They just can't score the ball. I mean, even tonight, you know, we're recording on a Monday to release on Tuesday. I wanted to take the Tigers money line as a big underdog against the Padres just because of that Sunday night thing. Padres offense usually, or not the Padres, just generally offenses come out slow after yeah. Sunday night baseball and they got to travel. But I look at this, Tigers offense and I say who's going to get hits in this lineup right. Who? Who? right and they might still win because that that system play like kind of works all the time but I just don't see it you know you get Candelario out of there maybe you get Robbie Grossman out of there I think Robbie Grossman would be a great addition for the Braves that that one I really do like okay how about that um yeah I mean aside from that like maybe Whit Merrifield makes some sense there um I'm not sure we'll see um even a guy like I'm thinking, um, oh, who's the cup that I'm thinking of? Uh, Ortega, like like a Rafael Ortega. Like, yeah. they're not fun. Like, they're not fun names. But again, I don't think they go and get like a Benintendi. I don't think they do it. So I don't think they do that either. Last one, we should talk about Frankie Montas a little bit more. How can you see him not going to the Blue Jays? Um, or the yeah, like Jays or Cardinals. Those are the two. Has to be, right? I mean, those teams are desperate for pitching. Steven Matz actually looked pretty good in his return. Um, his velo looked good. His command was a little bit off, but that's okay. I mean, he's yeah. just getting back from the IL. He's yeah. dealing with a shoulder thing. That That's that's very likely. Um, he gave up a couple of runs to the Reds, who have been hitting lefties better, you know, this season. I, I like what I saw from Steven Matz, too, but they need a starter, and Montes makes the most sense. I'm just curious what the A's are going to ask for because it's going to be expensive for Frankie Montas, and we know about the Cardinals. If they're going to go in with their prospects, they want to go big. I just don't know. Like, would would they give up Mason Wynn in a deal for Montas? You know, would they give up? Probably. Maybe, you think they would? Yeah, they wouldn't give up Walker. They might give up Wynn. They shouldn't. They shouldn't give up Walker for a guy like Montas. So if if – Oakland asks for Ricky Tiedemann. Do you hang the phone up? No, you can't hang the phone up. They need it now. This is win now. They can't hang the what? Remember Nate Pearson? I'm not saying Nate Pearson is going to be bad, but it's like, you know, we've heard of these guys before. And I just saw Ricky Tiedemann at the Futures game. Looked phenomenal. Nasty. I mean, it's an inning and an exhibition, but at least seeing him in person at least gives me a better picture of who the guy is from just watching video of him. Right. And he looks like a great arm, but Nate Pearson was throwing 104 miles an hour like a year ago. Yeah. You trade this guy and you go get Frankie Montes because you know Frankie Montes is that dude. And you put him right in that rotation with Gosman and Manoa. That is a really, really good three. And then you hope Barrios can at least be a salvageable four. And anything else that you get from him is just bonus. Yeah. That the Blue Jays have to be able to deal. It may be a Groshans is in that deal instead. Oh, yeah. But they're yeah. going to ask for Tiedemann, and the Blue Jays, if they say no, that this could be the result of, okay, then you might not make that much noise this year. But at the end of the day, have you seen the offense lately? Oh, my dear Lord. The offense looks amazing. Oh, my dear Lord. Rymel Tapia is the next coming. 
George Springer. I mean, yeah, that's kind of a joke, but like he is also hitting, which is crazy. Like he is hitting. He is hitting. Um, Bichette's hitting. Teoscar's hitting. Biggio's hitting. Espinal's looked better lately. He went on a little bit of slide. He's looked better lately. From one to nine, this offense is dangerous. And the bullpen, you need to add a bullpen guy. Maybe Joe Mantiply. <laughs> There's so I mean, go to the Tigers and ask for any of them. Chafin, Fulmer, Soto. Get one of those. Get Montes, and you're right in the thick of it with the Yankees and the Astros. I think the Blue Jays are right there if they add a Montes and a Gregory Soto, for example. Yeah, I hear you. Um, all right, real quick, we're going to go through the Angels and the Red Sox issues, and then we're going to talk about the uh, award races. And then we'll say bye. Cool? Cool. I've got one number on the Angels. <laughs> uh, and allow me to open the Twitter link, please. From CBS Sports, the Angels have lost 14 of their last 15 games when Shohei Otani is not their starting pitcher. They are 13-32 and 32 since June 1st, which is the worst in Major League Baseball. I have a big future on their over win total because ah. I was slamming the table. If not now, when angels, ah, that's that's, I just might as well put that ticket in the paper shredder. I, I know I'm going right back to the bottle again, though. Next year, I'm going right back to it. God, next year, Shohei and Trout on the same <laughs> team. That's insane. How can they lose? They're going to win 100 games. You got Shohei and Mike Trout on the same fucking team. Patrick Sandoval's great. You know, all these. Oh, God. I mean, this is just a disaster. Los Angeles, Anaheim, doesn't matter. I mean, what a disaster. How'd firing Joe Madden go? Have you that seen, happen? Have you seen the. Um, have you seen like the rumors about like the Angels possibly shopping Otani? They should be shopping Otani. Up, what are they going to do? Dude. Send him for a four-year, three hundred twenty million dollar deal? Four-year, four hundred million dollars. You have to trade him. What? What is this team? They don't have major leaguers on the roster. It looks like Shohei Otani on the A's. Okay, close your eyes. Close your eyes. Starting catcher Max Stassi. First base Jared Walsh. Second base. Let's say Michael Stefanik. Shortstop, Zach Neto. Third base, Anthony Rendon, if he's healthy. Left, Marsh. Center, Trout. Right, Ward. Adele off the bench. And the DH, Sonny frickin' Deshera with Shohei Otani playing all the time. Deshera is a bench bat. Oh, Sign me up, baby. Yeah, we'll be on him next year. Let's talk. Yes, we absolutely will. We're just drinking the Kool-Aid. But this year, how can you not consider it? And I floated a while ago, and I was looked at with crossed eyes. But there's a reason it's being floated, because you look at the roster right now, and you can't fathom them extending him with all the other contracts left on their budget. Let's not sugarcoat it either. Like that farm is bad. Bad. That's why you could get the biggest haul in the history. We're talking about Juan Soto halls. Shohei Otani would be Shohei Otani would see the Soto hall and say, look at you, you little shrimp. Add another top 50 prospect to that. And then another big league piece with control. Yeah. 
that could change their franchise. And you know what? You cashed in on Otani and you got a ton of marketing out of him. You never paid him that much. And you know what? At the end of the day, Angels fans would probably have to understand but Otani if there's any left, because if I was an I'm, if I was an Angels fan, I would be gone already. But Otani likes it there. That's the thing. Like I just don't there's want no Shohei way to be he unhappy. loves it. There's no way he loves it there so much he likes- that he wouldn't love it in New York. That he wouldn't love it in Atlanta. That he wouldn't love it in the other Los Angeles. If he likes Los Angeles so, so much, how about winning in Dodger Stadium, packed with fifty thousand people who actually like your team? Okay, fuck the Soto to the Dodgers thing. Otani to the Dodgers for Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller. Who else? Freddie Freeman, Andrew Friedman, Dave Roberts. We're losing our fucking minds with the Angels. Can we move uh, on to the, the mascot? <laughs> um, yeah, we can keep on going. At Just Baseball Stats and Info. At JB Stats and Info. Just Baseball Stats and Info. Great page spearheaded by Colby Olson. Uh, we've got a couple of helpers, the Mats, uh, helping out on the Twittersphere. Um, they tweeted this out yesterday morning. The Red Sox have entered a five-game losing streak and have allowed 67 combined runs during that stretch. This is the most runs given up in any five-game stretch since 2000 and is the 10th most all-time. Two more numbers to throw at you. The Boston Red Sox, as a staff in the month of July, have a 6.97 ERA. The next highest is the the Washington Nationals at 5-4-3. Not only have the Red Sox allowed the most hits of any pitching staff in baseball in the month of July, but they've issued 92 walks in the month of July. That's 14 more than any other pitching staff. So they are allowing the most runs, the most hits, and they're walking the most guys. This pitching staff, granted they've been hit by the injury bug and say only made two starts, has just been dog shit. I just like, as a, I've been a Red Sox truther this whole year, Jack. I've been defending them. And, you know, I, as the Yankee guy would suck if the Astros got, I've been defending the Red Sox all year long. And you know what? I have to keep defending them. And for this reason and this reason only, this is one of the most injured teams ever. Devers, IL, JD dealing with injuries. You look at their lineup up and down and you think to yourself, this doesn't even look close to a healthy Red Sox team. You look at the rotation. It's Connor Siebold. It's Josh Winkowski. It's Cutter Crawford. Nick Pavetta's lead in the staff. You know, Whitlock has now been moved back to the bullpen because they need him back there. Nate Evaldi, shelf, sale, shelf. It's just really tough in Boston right now. Now, is this forecasting probably what's going to end up over the season? Do they trade Xander Bogarts? Do they trade Rafael Devers? I mean, if we're talking Soto-type deals, Devers is right there as a hitter. Not quite as good, slightly older, but man, is this left-handed bat almost as good as Soto's? He yeah. could command a ton. Bogarts could command a ton. JD Martinez's name has now starting to get floated. It's interesting, and maybe I'm, you know, maybe the Red Sox truther ended up biting me in the ass. 
but it's just hard for me to imagine when I look at a team, it's not like Devers and Bogarts and JD are all hitting like crap and Nate Evaldi continues to get bombed, but is healthy. Sale comes back and gets bombed. It's not that. It's there's none of their stars play. So what can I say? You go through those numbers. <laughs> how do I defend that? How? I mean, I, I probably sound like an idiot trying to defend that. But at the no, end of the day, don't, yeah, like, I, what do you No, None of their stars are playing. Yeah. Like you don't sound like an idiot because again, they're running out Cutter Crawford and then they're running out Josh Winkowski. That's really hard to look at. And uh, Bale was not ready. Um, I think we expected him to be ready and we were burned on that. I didn't. Yeah. I He was too young. He's so raw. And I feel like they rushed him. Yeah. But I agree. I, we, we were saying the stuff is real. I think that's what the point that we were trying to say. The stuff like, is real. And it's I never cool. even heard you say that he was going to be great immediately. I think we were just saying the stuff is really good. Let's see how it plays in the bigs. Because yeah. it, that's still true. It's just his command is not there yet. He's still a really young pitcher. Like, don't give up on this guy. He's going to be a good pitcher in this league. I still believe that. Yeah, I was I was sipping on the Portland and Worcester Kool-Aid. And I think Arm was too. And Arm great. and I, yeah, like we just whipped each other into a frenzy. And then like we've just gotten burnt over the last, you know, two, three outings for Bayo. So, yeah, I'm. we'll see how that all goes. But it's hard to imagine teams in a worse situation than the Red Sox and the Angels. Let's wrap with individual awards. Um, just looking at what's going on in the AL and NL MVP, AL and NL Cy Young, AL and NL Rookie of the Year, because a lot of them are kind of runaway races right now. It doesn't feel like we have a tight race. NL Rookie of the Year is a tight race. Um, is that it? That might we're be talking, it. If we're You've talking got about the odds. If we're talking about tight races, let me bring you through some of the odds because they continue to change day in and day out. As we record on Monday, what's it? I keep forgetting, July 25th, to be released on July 26th. So this could literally change after today again. But Aaron Judge has now moved from a plus 150 favorite, or I guess the second leading favorite to win the American League MVP. After the two home run performance, he's now at 37 fucking home runs. This dude does not stop and as the angels continue to free fall it's going to be tough to say unless Shohei just continues to do what he's doing and he probably will because he's amazing but now Shohei is a plus 115 favorite and nobody else is really even in the discussion Jordan Alvarez is at plus a thousand but he's a DH and he's just not hasn't been as good of a bat as Judge so and Judge plays a great outfield so and, you know, if we're talking about teams, the Yankees are just as good. I mean, maybe you could say the Astros are, but regardless, the Yankees are a great team. Yeah. So Judge is going to get it over Alvarez. Devers, again, if we're talking about the Red Sox in a free fall, Devers' bat has not been as good as Judge's, so he's right. kind of out of it. Trout's still injured. Jose Ramirez is not going to win it. And then Vladimir Guerrero Jr. kind of rounds that out at plus 6,600. It's going. It's a two-horse race in the American League between Aaron Judge and Shohei Otani. I mean, dude, Judge is... Judge is the best hitter in baseball right now. What what else can you say? If I was putting money down on something like this, like if I was putting money down on the AL MVP, I honestly think it would be on Judge because I think Judge is going to break Roger Maris's record. I, I'll, I'll stamp that. I think that Judge is going to pass up Roger Maris. I do. He's going to hit 62 bombs clean. Um, and I think Judge is going to be on one of the best teams in baseball. Otani is going to be on a team that is so down and out that I think 
the voters will lean towards Aaron Judge. The narrative also makes sense. Narrative helps a ton. Voter fatigue also on Shohei last year could make sense as well. My 1,800. Uh, can, I, um, can I toot my own horn for a second? Yeah, absolutely. My plus 1,800 ticket on him at the beginning of the year is looking mighty oh, high. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a really good one. But Dang. at the end of the day, it could still lose. Also, I've been using at the end of the day a lot. I've noticed that. That's How do fine. I cut that out of my vocabulary? Is that cool? Yeah, rubber band on the wrist. Whenever you say it. Yeah. But at the end of the day. Yeah. No, I The judge eight plus 1800 ticket is looking great, but I still think that Shohei could win this because Shohei on the mound has become a top 10 pitcher in baseball. Shohei is top five in AL Cy Young voting right now, or AL Cy Young uh, odds right now. Before we get to the American League Cy Young, let's just touch on the National League a little bit too, because it is it is still a great race over here in the National League because Paul Goldschmidt is your leader right now at minus 155. He's the biggest favorite to win MVP out of anybody, even more than anyone in the American League at minus 155. Paul Goldschmidt, who seems to also hit a home run every single day, yeah. followed closely by Freddie Freeman at plus 650 because Freddie Freeman has decided that getting out isn't in his vocabulary anymore. Manny Machado is third at plus 750. We have Mookie Betts at plus 1,000. Pete Alonso is tied with Mookie Betts at plus 1,000. And then we have Trey Turner at plus 1,600, and Austin Riley's odds have risen as well. Yeah. This really does seem like Goldschmidt is running away f- with it, and it's a very interesting case. If he wins the NL MVP, will he become a Hall of Famer? Because Aram made a point in our group chat that he still thinks Goldschmidt has to put together three solid seasons. And I don't see why he wouldn't. Because if he wins the MVP this year, then he plays another great two years after this. We're looking at a Hall of Famer, most likely. I think so. I think so. Um, Yeah, I think Goldie's going to win it. I don't think that Machado can clip at his heels. I think if any of those two guys are going to clip at Goldie's heels, it's going to be Freddie Freeman. And it's going to be Pete Alonso. I think Alonso might lead Major League Baseball and runs driven in this year, which will be I serious. I wouldn't put that past him. Another sleeper, Trey Turner's been playing real well lately. Playing really well, but I'm worried about dilution with Mookie and with Freddie Freeman. That's exactly what I'm worried about. I just wanted to mention him because his odds are there for a reason because he's been phenomenal lately. Yeah. And I was talking with Dustin. You know, Trey Turner's a free agent at the end of this year. He did not perform well in the playoffs last year. It was bad. They know how good he can be in the regular season. If he has a really good playoff run, I do think they extend him. And I hate to simplify this thing, but it is the Dodgers at the end of the day who have an embarrassment of riches and can do whatever they want. I think if Trey Turner has a really good playoff series, regardless if they win, if he plays well, I think they try and resign him. If he doesn't, I think they let him go. What do you think about that? I think the trade Turner free agency sweepstakes is going to be unfucking believable as it should be. He's a phenomenal player. He's better than Seager was. I think he's, I think he's a better shortstop than Correa. I agree with you too. I think outside of Tatis, he's number two. Yeah. And Tatis is injured. So you could say Trey Turner is the best shortstop in baseball. Yeah. Javi Baez, but Turner close second. IKF close. Yeah. IKF. 265 batting average, I think. That's awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> he doesn't have a home run yet, though. Oish. All right. AL Cy Young. AL Cy Young. Um, 
I got to pull up these odds real quick. Um, talk about um, how good the White Sox are real quick. Not that good, uh, but I know that Dylan Cease is kind of up there in AL Cy Young. It's Shane McClanahan's to lose. All right, that was, that, was a, that was enough. Okay, oh, wait, perfect. Were you still talking about the White Sox? Wait, no, it was, it's McClanahan's to lose. Yes. Um, yes. And then Manoa to Cease three, right? It's exactly what it is. Well, actually, Cease, well, Cease is tied for three with Shohei Otani, but McClanahan is at plus 155. Verlander is at plus 250. And then Otani and Cease tied with Manoa and Cole and Gosman and Gilbert coming in right after. Pretty good odds there. Logan Gilbert is really turning in a phenomenal he's season awesome. for the Seattle Mariners. He's and, awesome. And, and should get some love here, but I just don't see him winning the award, but he deserves to be in this conversation here at this point. He just had another good start. I actually thought he was kind of going to regress against these Astros. He's seen him. I think that was his fourth time this year seeing him. I thought the Astros would, would piece him up, but you know, he pitched pretty well against them and Logan Gilbert really is that guy. But um, when looking at this, you know, we were talking pre-record, you like Dylan Cease to possibly win this. And I don't think that's that bad of a take. No, I mean, Cease over his last 11 starts, I want to say as a sub one ERA, I, he's he's just been a freak of nature. And like all those early walks and, you know, 90 pitches and three inning starts are gone. And Cease looks like he's a guy that can pepper the strike zone with any pitch in any count. And yeah. that's what Dylan Cease needed to unlock. And yep. we know what the stuff is. So I think if Cease is truly unlocked, and I think he is at that point, um, I think he could win the Cy Young if – it all depends on McClanahan. If Shane has a two-and-a-half ERA in the second half, he's going to win the Cy Young because he's going to have like a low twos. He's going to be among the strikeout leaders. He's going to be among the whip leaders, the fit leaders. The Yeah, he's going to do everything. Like – McClanahan is in the driver's seat and there's nobody relatively close, but I think if anybody can gain serious ground on him, it's cease. So one of our new writers at just baseball.com, his name's Javon Deeb. You should give him a follow on Twitter. He's been phenomenal with it. Prize picks, especially like he, he can pick a prop like nobody else. And he's the biggest Rays fan in the world, like loves his Rays. And he, I was sitting with him at the All-Star game. He was crushed to see Shane McClanahan not perform well in the All-Star game. He thinks that there is a possibility that that could get to him. No way. I told him to relax. No Because shit. I thought there was no, like, there's no way. But he was crushed. I've never seen him like that either. That's an interesting take. I don't see that happening. But it is kind of a... It, I think it would hurt your mental a little bit. You're starting the All-Star game. This is your time to shine. And he performed like the worst pitcher in the entire All-Star game. So if you want to ride the hot hand, then shout out Alec Manoa. He's been so good. God, when he's talking shit to the Red Sox, telling them to sit down. That's that's the best part in baseball right now. Like in the dog days of summer, watching Alec Manoa just shout at your dugout, like sit the fuck down <laughs> when he strikes you out. is some of the most entertaining stuff. Alec Manoa has become must watch TV every single time he steps foot on the mound and he could win the AL Cy Young. He is that good. Good. NL Cy Young. What's going on there? NL Cy Young is a battle at the top. Just kidding. It's Sandy's award to lose. 
He's at minus 130, followed by Corbin Burns at plus 550, Tony Gonsolin at plus 1200, Joe Musgrove plus 1400. And then you got Freed, Rodon, Wheeler, and you got Nola and Scherzer and Kershaw at, at bigger odds. They're not really as yeah. close, but it's really between Freed, Musgrove, Gonsolin, Corbin, and Sandy. Yeah. It has it's to be Sandy. Sandy's award. I mean, we could we could go through all the numbers and stuff, but Sandy yeah. throws every inning of Marlins baseball. And, I mean, he just had a tough start by his standards against the Pirates where he gave up two earned runs and struck out 10 yeah. in six innings and just didn't go the length of the entire game. I mean, he's he's just flat-out amazing, and he should be the front-runner regardless if the Marlins sell everybody else. Yeah, I mean, Sandy should, like, Sandy could throw 50 more innings than Corbin Burns. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked by that at all. Uh, Case in point. I would be that you're probably banking on Burns throwing 180 innings this year. And that means you're at Sandy at 230. That's a lot of innings. I think Sandy throws 240. Really? Wheeler threw 230 last year. Did he? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. I thought Sandy led the league in innings last year. I don't. Are you sure 230? That's a deep. Wheeler. No, 213. Sorry. Sandy last year through 205. Oh, he didn't lead the league in innings. Interesting. Yeah, he started 33 games. He's got 13 starts left. 144 divided by 20. 144 divided by 20. I've got the iPhone calculator out. That's about seven innings. Seven times 13 is 91. 144 plus 91, 235. So he could go 230 innings. He could go 230 innings. And in this era, if he's got an ERA under two, if he's got an ERA at 2-2, like let's say he regresses even no, if more. He's got a, if he's got a 2-2-5 and he's throwing 230 innings, he's the Cy Young winner. He's the Cy Young Award winner, especially because it's not like Corbin Burns is putting together a 1-5 ERA just in much less innings where it's kind of tough to decipher. He's going to be around that same ERA. It's Sandy's award to lose. It's actually probably a pretty good bet, even though the odds aren't that great. That's probably why it's not that great of a bet. Yeah. But I mean, I just, it's going to be Sandy's award. So let's just move on to the NL Rookie of the Year. Because right now, by the odds, it's Spencer Strider's award to lose for the Atlanta Braves, followed closely by his teammate Michael Harris at plus 200. Seiya Suzuki's odds continue to rise as he's playing better for the Chicago Cubs at plus 900. And then you got the freakazoid O'Neill Cruz, who shouldn't be this high in odds, but he's the sexiest pick because. He's a freakazoid, like yeah, I said. He's the sexiest player. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then you got Nolan Gorman, Mackenzie Gore, and Brendan Donovan. And then you got guys like Chris Morrell, Juan Yepes. There's a lot of guys with pretty close odds in this grouping. I'm still sitting on my Seiya Suzuki pick because I think as these rookies get into really the dog days, like in August, and then as we approach September, I mean, Strider has already started to not look like the best pitcher in baseball, like he looked at the beginning of the year. Michael Harris is still a great player. I think Michael Harris is a pretty good bet because yeah. he's just so well-rounded. I mean, even if he's not hitting, the glove is unbelievable. But I still like my Seiya Suzuki take. I can't lie. I have him at plus 380. I still like it, Jack. Is there anyone yeah. else that you're eyeing in the NL? No, I mean, like, it's Michael Harris. Like, he's hitting 290 with an 810 OPS. Um, yeah. I, I think Harris is where the money should be. Um I don't think Strider's going to keep up what he's doing. Um, I think Strider's incredible, and I would love to see him win Rookie of the Year because I think he's a badass. Um, But Harris, what Harris has done defensively, he's maybe the best defensive center fielder in baseball. 
Michael Harris might win a gold glove and win rookie of the year this year. That's that's why my money's on Michael Harris if I were to put money down. So I think that's, that's that. And then AL rookie of the year, like we don't even need to look at the odds. It, it's Julio versus everybody else. Jeremy Pena's the, the runner up. But Julio, I want to say, is like minus 400 or something right now. Julio Rodriguez is minus 400, which is just criminal at this point, followed by Jeremy Pena plus 700. You got Bobby Witt at plus 1100, Adley Rutschman at plus 3000, and Joe Ryan since making his return from injury has looked great on the mound. He's at plus 4,000 and also Riley green is sitting there at plus 4,000 as well. First of all, Grayson Rodriguez is at plus 8,000. He hasn't pitched this year and is hurt. Don't bet on that. Like he's don't below. Do it. He's above Steven Kwan at plus 10,000. I mean, it's just like, don't, if you're looking at that, he's I don't know who would. Yeah. But don't, that's just, don't. That's just don't do that. Yeah, no. I um, mean, like if you if you want to put down like a million dollars to win thirty cents, go ahead and do it on this. Exactly. On not gambling advice, Colby and I were kind of going over this, and this was probably about a month ago when Julio was. I mean, he was really getting going. It might have been more like three weeks ago, but Julio's really getting going. I thought a Bobby Witt sprinkle wouldn't hurt, and the only reason I was saying that is because. Because Julio has gotten off to this amazing start, we're going to see pitchers adjust. I mean, he could just be so freaking good that you just can't ever adjust to him. But I was thinking that Bobby Wood Jr. would have a very good second half. And he's already started to have a really good second half. We've seen him lately. Bobby Wood Jr. has been on somewhat of a tear for the Royals. I don't think that's that bad of a bet. I remember placing it at plus 1,200. He's currently at plus 1,100. It's Julio or bust really at this point, but I'm saying if you want a play, I'm on Bobby Witt at plus 1200. That was a live bet I did make just a sprinkle. Don't put the house on it. Don't even put a kitchen chair on it. Yeah. Just a sprinkle because I think if we're looking at this, I mean, Jeremy Pena has been great too. So that's, and Colby was talking about, it's like, if you love Bobby Witt Jr. so much, why don't you like Jeremy Pena? And it's not that I don't like Jeremy Pena. I just know that Bobby Witt Jr. is in the same class of prospect as a Julio Rodriguez, and he could just catch fire like he has lately and somehow overtake him, but it's just so hard to see that actually happening. Yeah, so Julio's got a 2-9 F4. I'm looking, Pena's got a 2-6 F4. Yeah. I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. I'm yeah, scrolling. You're gonna have to keep scrolling. I can't find Bobby Witt. So I like Bobby Witt has not been good defensively. That's the key. It's Julio, dude. 16 pumps, 21 bags. Yeah. He could be a 30-30 guy while he's playing. Incredible. He's incredible. He's it, incredible. It's Julio's award. I'm more trying to talk about the potential bet I have. It's probably not gonna hit. That's why you know you put a lottery ticket on that one if no, you're man. interested. Talk but, about what not let's GTFO. Get that gift card in our episode description too for whatnot. Free $10 gift card. We're going to be doing streams, trying to pull baseball cards from the new 2022 Hobby Bowman box. It's going to be very fun. Our guys at Wildcard Kendall and T are going to be pulling it. Most likely after the National, which is taking place in Atlantic City, you're going to see some content from there from us at Just Baseball, as well as use our code Just Baseball if you're down to play some prize picks. I'm excited for Jovan to start writing up those player props. We're going to have those on site. Yeah. Um, and if you want to join our chalkboard group chat, I am giving away this Corey Seager home run baseball. We talked about it yesterday. It is, I haven't given away yet. So you still have an opportunity to join that chalkboard. And all you got to do is just like the message in Peter's best bets channel of me holding this baseball and you'll be entered to win a free Corey Seager home run derby baseball. Where's the scuff Mark show the YouTube people. 
Where's we did yesterday. Stuff? It's slightly right there, if you can tell. Oh, it knocked off some of the uh, some of the M in Manfred. That's awesome. Slightly, but remember, it's it's a new baseball. You hit one time. Yeah, yeah. You're not. It's basically a new baseball. It smells amazing. God, it probably smells like winning. It smells like two hundred and seventy-five million dollars. That's great. All right, um, you and Aram tomorrow, Peter. With that, thank you, everybody.